We are back on the Exit 52 podcast. It is Sunday night. This is your instant analysis uh, for December 10th. My name is Jake Luke. I'm joined by Brian. I'm joined by a very drunk Spencer Schultz. Uh, what a win, gentlemen. What a gosh darn win at M&T Bank Stadium today. Our correspondent who was on the ground, your levels of sobriety, I think, are in question right now. But uh, I, I'm sure you can remember at least enough of what was going on there. Uh, first thought of the day, Spen. I will start this by saying that, and I might, I might honestly cry again at some point during this podcast. Tylen Wallace made me cry. I get goosebumps immediately. Jake, you are the biggest of Tylen Wallace guys. He's faded into the back a little bit, and for Devin Duvernay to go down, Dever, Devin Duvernay, no disrespect, has not had the strongest year, especially considering what he's done the last couple of years here. But for Devin Duvernay to go down, which is a little bit of a tongue twister, and for Tylen Wallace to step up in that moment, and that's what will be remembered. And I'll, I'll just start us out with two things. Lamar Jackson, third and seventeen. If you go back and watch that, I'm going to come back to Talon Wallace, but if you go back and watch that throw, that throw was a fucking laser. That was a nuke. That was a kill streak. That was 10 plus. That was undefendable. That was a laser beam. Third and 17 after a penalty. All of the ref show that happened here today, exactly as Jacobs gives air quotes, all of the ref show that happened today. Lamar Jackson dropped back and threw a heat-seeking missile. Then the game goes overtime to oversimplify. And to go back and watch that Tylen Wallace play, I, I, I'm, I'm like kind of bragging right now in a weird way. To watch that in person, to watch what Tylen Wallace did in person, to spin out of first contact and walk up that sideline, like a man that didn't have consequences, like a man that had no fear, had no repercussions, walking in for Devin Duvernay. How many how many punt returns does Tylen Wallace have in the NFL? Three? What was his third? Maybe his fourth? For him to do that in overtime with, you know, it, it, it's easy to be conservative. It's easy to feel hot breath on yourself of fair catch, of go out of bounds, of just take care of the football. And to go make a play as a guy who, if you go watch what the Ravens posted, go make a play as a guy who has torn his ACL. His twin brother, Jake, we've talked about this a thousand times, his twin brother has torn his, both of his knees. To go make that play at that time is something that will be seared into my 85-year-old brain and won't make it that long. We've talked about that. But that is something that will be seared into my brain as a Ravens fan. You know what it reminded me of was, I'm going to pass it off after this. It reminded me of Anthony Wright and Marcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson's, I believe, cousin. Uncle, I think. Uncle. Uncle, uncle somewhere in there. It reminded me of that game. That's a game that, hey, if the Ravens lost that game and we're sitting at, what, 9-4 and four now, it's all right. It's okay, right? But for him to make that one single play after how that game went is something I'll remember for the rest of my life. It was, what the fuck do we watch this sport for? 
Why do we care? Why is there people that think about art or people that think about film or people that think about crafts they do? That play meant so much to me as a football fan that I can't put into words. And afterwards, to see a guy like Tom Wallace, it brings me into tears. I might cry again. I'm not even trying to be dramatic. But after the game, he sits down on the bench. He gets interviewed. He you know, has the, – the whole world is on Tylen Wallace for one split second. And that one split second was beautiful. And you see him sit down and look around, and he sat down alone after everything in that stadium and took it in and soaked it in like he should. And that is the beauty. That is why Taylor, Brian, Jake, myself, that is why we love this sport. That is why little kids love this sport. That is why – Fathers love this sport to sons. It was the most beautiful thing I have seen in professional football as a Ravens fan in quite some time. It made me feel rejuvenated as a football fan. And there's nothing you can tell me other than this sport is fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, it's Billy Bean sitting in Oko. You know, how can you not be romantic about baseball, right? That that whole story is about him breaking things down to the numbers and forgetting that these guys are human in, in some ways. And really, Tylen Wallace, I mean, you make uh, all the good points there. Injuries, you know, his brother had all the injuries and stuff, basically had to quit on football. He gets his mom a car for the first time, kind of fulfills a promise. I think it was either this week or last really cool kind of uh, way to bring this whole story full circle in that uh, he has a penalty earlier in the game as well where he's off sides and you know it's a fourth and five for the rams they get a i will a, say that was not him it was whoever the left sweeper was and that penalty is something we'll come back to but it was credited to him and he took that off his name yeah no he uh yeah and whatever uh whatever it was the rams get a fresh shot announced from that they drive down for a touchdown i'm angry i think everyone's angry i'm you know maybe some saying some things about chris horton that i'm probably going to be ready to uh, walk back to a certain extent but yeah, man, that's uh, it's what it's all about. And you really can't say much to really put it all into words. I mean, it's just exactly, exactly why we watch sports. One of the, and I feel like, man, I feel like I've been saying this a lot the last couple of years, just one of the most amazing, incredible wins in M&T Bank history, I think. And uh, that, that goes back to the Lamar Jackson effect. That goes into the John Harbaugh effect that we've talked about, Spenny, with it being a close game pretty much every time, or at the very least, he's going to keep these games competitive when they, uh, they could get away from him, he had some blunders today, which we'll also get into. But uh, Brian and uh, Taylor, will get to you. He joined in for the podcast listeners. But Brian, we watched this one from the comfort of our own homes today. Uh, I know you were pretty fired up. You put a video out there, very entertaining. Uh, how do you put this into words? I, was, I mean, very fired up. That was a game where um, one of the rarer games where the Ravens just didn't really feel like they had control of it. It was totally the Rams were totally, totally dictating the pace and control of the football the first half. Right at the ship there early in the second half, especially defensively. But then we made one of those blunders with the with the snap with Linderbaum, where it's like, oh shit, it's just gonna be one of these games. And it just felt like it was gonna go back and forth and back and forth. And what nine lead changes? Is that what the stat was by the end of it? It's nuts. And we've seen it's it's like the Minnesota snow game. It's like who's just gonna have the ball last or who's gonna make that big play that that just steals the game. And we've been on the right side and the wrong side of that a lot of times. And Man, like, I feel like obviously Lamar has a bajillion highlight plays that, that are very memorable and committed to memory, but he doesn't have that many, like, inside two-minute just, like, fuck you plays. I mean, the last real big one was probably that throw he made 
uh, in Detroit to set up the JT field goal last year. Sometimes when he does um, too, he gets Colts let down on the. One, yeah, sometimes when he does, he gets let down. Like the the Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. The throw to so th- I was Sammy so hopeful because that was such a fuck you throw. Like fuck that sack call, the the incomplete pass nonsense. Like fuck that. I'm gonna go make play the game and go win this thing. He did that, and then. Honestly, the two-point conversion was sick too. Yeah, that was uh, that was even better. Honestly, that was just like some serious alpha. I'm um, I'm the man in this building. Energy from him, and I wanted that to be what ultimately was the story of the game. Um, and some somehow it was one upped uh, in a way that's like even more I don't know empowering or uh, it's just a great story. I mean, Tyler Wallace. Just we, we, we have the comment. We have the comment from wrong. Alex Rada. It feels like it's been a while since there was a magic moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think like the OA strip against Chiefs. Viking, Vikings Vikings that same year. The that Vikings made uh, yeah. a couple comebacks, yeah. but this just felt a little bit more substantial and hearty and full of full of protein. It felt like sustenance for a Ravens fan to watch them not panic and this is also the what has been the the nature of this ravens team what is the national you know statistic oh the ravens have led by so much but can lamar come from behind this was the first game it's been like that in a while and to your point brian they just snap right back into calls everything so didn't want to cut you off but they no, just, exactly right they just fell into that rhythm yeah to your like tyler wallace man scratch and claw his way to just stay on the roster for the last better part of a year and change. I mean, like so many guys have come and gone through Baltimore that were drafted in his type of circumstances. What was he a fourth rounder? Fourth, Something yeah. of that sort. Yep. Like right. Yeah. And we've had so many guys come in that are like, okay, you know, kind of impressive tape coming out of college. Like I, like maybe he's a guy who blossoms and could be a factor for us. Maybe not. And we've had so many of those guys just wash out. Um, which is the way it goes with picks that at that point in the draft. But um, he he did the thing that you just kind of preach to players in those types of positions. Like, hey, just latch on as a special teams guy. Just volunteer to be the great guy in the locker room. Like, do all the extra little things. I mean, the all the uh, – is testimony the right word? All of the great – the Justin Tucker, all these guys that are out here just saying amazing things about Tyler Wallace. It's not like he was perceived to be anything different before this, but you could just feed off the energy from everybody else who are just so happy for this guy to have his moment. Like, 53 guys on a roster. There's, uh, you know, practice squad guys, a lot of characters that are in a building any given day. And I don't know, four or five of them really get moments throughout an entire year. And for him to get to be one of those guys at the end of the day, get the game ball, get the showers, get the interviews, like all that good stuff. It's just awesome. Like, to Spain's point, it's just I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to cry here, but your cup's full. Your cup's full me, right he's now. making me. Yeah. 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 It's the type of thing that you're just not privy to as a fan at all. Right. Like you watch the, the team from the outside and you see all the, the videos, you watch the press conferences and really what you're getting is a very vertical slice of these teams. And really it's a living, breathing thing with, you know, people at the bottom of a roster that make just as much of a difference as uh, some of these guys at the top of them. Maybe not always to the, the extent that a Lamar Jackson would, but you know, he's just one of those pistons pumping at the end of the roster that's keeping this thing rolling. And to get a moment like this, and we've talked about all the adversity ad nauseum, but it is awesome to see Taylor, your, uh, your thoughts after this one. Yeah. Hard to follow Spenny's, um, um, soliloquy thing that he went on there at the end. That was beautiful stuff. Um, no, I think to be honest, in a in a we, we talk about this week to week, like in a world where 
I feel like you the quality of playing the NFL week to week is we, we talk about is kind of low. That's one of the best games in the league this year so far. It was Easily. awesome. Yeah. It had everything. Um, you have to give a lot of credit to the Rams. I mean, they were great, really, in all facets of the game. Taylor, um, to add on to your point, the touchdown to Cup, Matt Stafford let go of that ball for <laughs> – Four steps before Cup made his break. That ball touched the atmosphere. Like he, that was yeah. a rainbow. It was a, what were what were they on the four? Cup or, Cup was not even Cup didn't even hit his head fake yet. Unbelievable. Keep going, Taylor. Yeah, no, you're good. I you led me right into it. I think Jake tweeted like, you know, you always forget, but Matt Stafford just like never goes away, and he just never goes away. That playoff like, game in Tampa Bay, I was thinking of that. Like he's the guy, just yeah. fucking keeps chipping and chipping and chipping. He's so tough. He just makes all the throws. It's insane. And I think that so that's I, I and that makes that even more. You know, it would have been nice to have come off the bye and just ran past that team, but for the Ravens to win the game that way to get past a team that has clearly found something. I mean, the Rams are, you know. Be, clearly better than their record. They found something over the past few weeks. Stafford's playing great. They have cut back. Um, obviously, they have some talent defensively. Um, that was just an excellent NFL football game, um, and that was one of the biggest parts of it that I enjoyed. Obviously, you guys have have covered the the Tylen Wallace moment ad nauseum. It's funny. I was we were sitting I was sitting there watching it with my roommate, and we, um, I said, I just hope he doesn't drop it because as Penny said, it's like you're the backup punt returner. You're just trying mm-hmm. in a wet, nasty sort of where we've seen we saw. The Rams part returner drop it twice. Like you're just, I was just like, I think he's gonna drop it. Like this is just gonna be, this is a tough moment, whatever. And then to take it all the way back after that is pretty amazing. No, I, I agree with what all of you guys said. The, um, the chutzpah and really, that it took the chutzpah to be able to rock that and that spin and go upfield was like surreal. It was a surreal moment. Kept his feet too. Yeah. Guy got his shoestrings yeah, there. Yeah, stay on his feet and not go down. I mean, and even even if he goes down there, it's a huge play. I mean, you get 10 or 15 yards, you kick the field goal, you win. And even even on top of it, in that surreal moment of someone who, you know, not to knock what he's done on special teams, whatever, but hits that little side flip on top of it. Like yeah. he put <laughs> yeah. the sauce on top that of it. That was a that was a Steve Smith. That was a Steve Smith-esque flourish there at the end. That was good to see. But yeah, man, I mean it was uh it was amazing and I mean absolutely awesome. But I'm glad we touched on Stafford there because that kind of the really the B, but it really should be kind of the one A storyline here. Lamar Jackson. I mean, and talking about Stafford and all the respect that I have for him, he he's gone and had his moment. He has done this in the playoffs. He's done this in the Super Bowl. Then we saw him do it again today. And I was tweeting, like, I kind of felt like J. Robert Oppenheimer sitting there naked, you know, like this, just kind of psychoanalyzing the team a little bit. And I was like, we need this offense to, like, have a moment here. Like, no matter what happens on the other side of this drive, they've got to go down the field and fucking have a moment. And Lamar Jackson, third and 17, we've already hit on it, but amazing to drop back, just keep his eyes downfield, no panic. That's what we've talked about. we got to get rid of the panic. We've got to get rid of the frantic nature of some of these drives. And really, it was two drives. I mean, it was the one before that, and then that one that ended in the touchdown. And third and 17, Nelson Aguilar clearly trying to trail the uh, the lead defender away. Succeeds to perfection. You know, Zay Flowers, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about him too. Amazing catch uh, in the end zone there, falls backwards. And great celebration too. Not going to get clowned on for that celebration. And then the two-point conversion really wound up being a game-saving two-point conversion because they go right down for the field goal. He gets absolutely sawed in half. I'm not sure who it was. His arm is like this, and he just shot puts it to Flowers, who gets both feet down. I mean, that was just like a... Uh, that's- he also he also made 
a quick cut to like give himself any space to even make the throw. Yeah, it was yeah, a, it was a rollout, play. and the, the rollout was not there at all. So he was like, "All right, let me just you know shuffle up here real quick, quick twitch," and just flicked it to him. Spenny, it, I'm sure it, that was it, crazy to see in person. The Lamar game, it, it some of it epitomizes Lamar, where you there was a, a certain point in the game where I thought, "Oh my God, we're going to come on this instant analysis and talk about how he like can't hit a deep ball like there. He's under throwing it and." There's some loose stuff, and then it's like the the Jekyll and Hyde of Lamar, and you you know, and instead he you know, at the end it's what at the end of the day it's what everybody remembers is what happened at the end of the game. Um, he, he yeah he was fantastic. I mean that drive to tie the game to you know take the lead was fantastic. The two point conversion was fantastic. Um, he's a he's a great player, and I think that you know he's frustrating because of how good it can look at the highest point. So it's like when the throws are not as good, you're like, oh, my God. I mean, how could he possibly not do this? Because you see him do so many ridiculous things. Aaron Donald had him dead to rights at one point. And, he, and when you talk about Zay Flowers, he dropped two, had two drops on plays that Lamar had no business even getting the ball to him, redeems himself at the end of the game, catches the touchdown pass. But so, some of the plays he's able to make just to so it's not negative plays, just to prevent negative plays yeah. are ridiculous. Aaron so, Donald, Aaron yeah. Donald didn't touch him today. Clean, total, just he got blanked on the stack sheet there, and they were you, double and triple teaming him a lot, but crazy. You know, uh, he's actually never sacked Lamar Jackson. Oh, uh, they didn't mention that. that. They played. They did not mention that. Oh, I wasn't really paying that much attention, but if they uh, if they did, Spenny, what was that drive like to watch in the stadium? I was getting a little frustrated with some of the time management. Spenny, stuff. did you actually take your clothes off? Is that a, is that a real photo? No, it's photoshopped. Wow. No, that was that was. He usually he usually color. just does the I've shirt. Never gotten naked in MIT Bank Stadium. He before. usually just does the shirt, but th- this warranted more. My God, I hope, the, pay, hope that people I'll, paid more I'll for that. This the first, and I'm 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 very big on this. Very stupid fan. I, I I don't think it's fan, but it sounds fan. You can tell when Lamar has it, and you can tell when he doesn't. And I think sometimes, a lot of times, pardon me, it has to do with. Does he have protection or not? If he trusts protection, I think he has great games, and I think he's the best. I think you can't be better than him. If he doesn't, that's when you end up in these weird games. And my mom's not happy. My mom's not too happy here. But (laughs) early on. Preview for the Patreon. That's what goes on behind the paywall. Yeah. Early on. Early on. So my vantage point was the – I think it was the Ravens' second drive of the game. Lamar threw, and him and Odell Beckham had this twice, and one of them was on the long touchdown that Odell Beckham had, was that Odell looked inside and the ball went outside both times. And Odell, after the game, says, oh, you know, that was my fault. That was my fault. I was, who knows? You know, it could have been either. It could have been this. It could have been that. Football at that level is if then, if then. But early on, Lamar threw a whistler, like a Vancouver freaking top mountain double black diamond whistler to Odell, looked inside, came outside, extended his arm, snagged that ball down. And when I saw that, I was like, Lamar is throwing heat. There is heat that is being produced on this field. And from that point forward, it felt like he was faster. He was better. And what we talked about in the preview, Jake, was that Aaron Donald was getting triple teamed at times. Aaron Donald did have Lamar Jackson dead to rights. The Rams defense, I think, did step up to the task, but they lacked dudes. 
there wasn't a middle linebacker. There wasn't a safety. There wasn't a Jalen Ramsey. There wasn't a Von Miller that was like, oh, we're going to force the Ravens into a shell of themselves into one side of the field away from a player. And that's why I think this Rams team is very impressive because they don't have that. Yep. Yep. but are still where they are. Yeah, like Bobby so, Bobby Brown was like all over him. He was the only guy that was getting consistent kind of rush, and I hadn't even really like known much about him before this game. Exactly. Even just the amount of times they they had Lamar just running around the the backfield, and they just didn't have the athletes back there, you know, besides Donald who's getting triple teamed and, and stuff, things like that, to make those placements. I think that summed up really well. It's like they were in a lot of the right spots at times and just couldn't actually make the plays. And they made mistakes early, and I think this game really was very – when you go back, I think this was a very obscure first half with penalties and strange situations and decisions that had to be made so early. And the Rams just, regardless of where the coin fell, one edge or the other, stayed even keel. And I thought Matthew Stafford had a fucking hell of a day. I thought Matthew Stafford yep. was awesome. He got hit. His jersey was muddied, and he hung in there. And the catch that Puka Nakua made mm. at one point in this game to get into Ravens territory, I mean, the amount of plays in this game that were, like, memorable, it gives me a little – I have goosebumps on my forearm. The amount of plays in this game that were was someone performing above even the average level of a professional, Puka Nakua diving, Lamar Jackson's third and long throw, Zay Flowers' fingertip catch on third and eight above, and then to take contact, wrap with it, momentum, and turn up field. There were special plays that were made. And, of course, you know we already talked about Tylen Wallace, but special plays that guys made on both sides of the football in this game, penalties, defensive pass interference, Marlon Humphrey getting beat, but still, you know, Stafford not being able to – so many plays that stand out in this game. This was not, you know I, – I, I didn't watch the Joe Flacco game today, but I imagine that game was not quite as entertaining to watch from start to finish as, as what today was. But such an entertaining game to watch. And to see the Rams at a point, at a crux, if the Rams won that game, they are in the playoffs, in my opinion. They are yeah. in a prime spot. You got a fighting, clawing team in bad weather. And, man, Lamar Jackson, we had a comment earlier somewhere in here, but made the mistake, underthrew Bateman at one point, throws a pick, basically gives the Rams an opportunity to go back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back possessions up against the half. And to get out of that, to get out from under that is like, I've been playing a lot of chess. It's like you got pin pieces and there's only one move to make and they fucking made it. And Lamar Jackson was a huge reason why. So I, I couldn't be more impressed from a theatrical standpoint and entertainment value, a schematic point, or from just simply their quarterback today. I thought this was one of the most fun games, Jake. I mean, we've been doing this, I guess this is year five for us. I don't know if I can think of a game that made me a little bit more dilated in my pupils and a little bit more sweaty and a little bit more fun to talk about after I'm fucking fired it up felt, it, to talk about this one. You know why? It's a great pace game. Yeah, great pace in the living room game. Great pace to living room game. I had the 60 degree out just trying to relieve some of that upper body tension, you know, get some, get some <laughs> hacks in, uh, which I usually do as I tweeted um, when I get nervous uh, in late in games. But 
it just felt really crisp to me. Like we talked about that Vikings game a couple years ago that went to overtime, a lot of interceptions and like just frantic kind of shit going on. And some of the, like even that chiefs game, which was awesome. I mean, he threw two picks early in that one Colts game. It was kind of a similar story. This just felt like two heavyweights just duking it out. Just 15 rounds, you know, yeah. Sonny listed Muhammad Ali type shit. And you know, I know the Rams' record doesn't totally reflect that. Now, usually, Emma, your record set, you are... They're in a very tough division. Yeah, yeah. And they've they've weathered a lot of storms, and this might have been it for them today, which I think would be unfortunate because they're a fun team, a good story. McVay is always going to have them competitive. Stafford, like I said, uh, got my respect, no doubt. But, yeah, I mean, it, just, it felt like an absolute heavyweight fight today. And you talk about, like, playing in games like that and coming through and helping you uh, in terms of preparing mentally for the playoffs i mean that's that's freaking huge they needed to win a game like this with the uh the home stretch that they're gonna have to go through here and then eventually in january you're gonna be uh in games like this hopefully not quite to this extent but it's gonna be hard the the level of competition gets raised and you've got to be able to step up and make plays and uh they did that and it's gonna be a big boon to their confidence today brian what do you think of the uh the receivers today because bateman he had a couple tough moments but other than that beckham Mm. looked awesome likely a couple nice plays he had the long touchdown obviously um what would you think overall? Um, I mean, overall, pretty good. I think those adjustments that Becca made on those, I, we touched on that. Just, wow, just awesome adjustments to the ball. In it was the just air. Willie Mays Hayes. That's that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. Tracking it. Um, uh, I mean, Zay Flowers obviously had a couple moments there where he he took his eye off the ball and tried to make plays, you know, before it got there. Uh, which we, I mean, we saw the benefit of that in a big way. That <laughs> drop by Nakua. Uh, did you, did they replay that in the stadium, Spen? Oh yeah. His head was all the way turned around already yeah. by the time the ball got there. Like his hands closed and a little hit off the back of his hands. Or like the worst, like didn't see it in was already trying to make a move. Rams, Rams had happened. a couple of those, but, um, Gosh, it's, it's this was off his head too. To, Sorry, to comment coming up. in that uh, Aaron Donald had one stat today past deflection. It was off his helmet, so just wanted to throw. That I'll also out. say that Manny Manstromal is this. I can't even say his name. He's one of my good buddies. Manny is a very nice stroke of the uh, the uh, the mid irons there. Manny, one, I love you. One of your good friends can't even say his last name. Hmm. I can't say his name. Okay. I haven't saved in my phone wrong. Okay. <laughs> Spenny, receiver thoughts. It felt like the receivers today were up to the challenge in terms of intensity. It felt like there was a confidence and uh chutzpah to throw themselves into the fire. And I think that surmise with, I think Odell Beckham and so many people want to talk, oh, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Today is why it's worth it. Isolated in one game because you see on your own team one player that made themselves go above and beyond average. Odell Beckham easily could have had an average day, easily could have not made a player in the game, easily could have not made a couple catches and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And it comes into a confidence where Zay Flowers makes plays late. And there was, again, there was a third and eight where he ends up getting tackled before the line to gain, I don't think the ball got there. It was like third and seven and a half where he had the ball, and he ends up 14 yards downfield. The defender had him, wrapped him up. He turned. He got body control. He sunk his pads, played behind his pads, and got upfield in an aggressive, confident way. And we have not seen that in the Lamar Jackson Ravens. Marquise Brown had his moments. You know, Demarcus Robinson, who 
had a couple catches in this game, Hell had yeah. his moments, you know, uh, a Seth Roberts, a Michael Crabtree a few years ago. There has not been a level of confidence that we are playmakers. We make plays. We win games. We are the shit. You're going to see it. We're going to see it right now. And Odell Beckham did that again for the, like the third straight game. And I think that just puts something in your head of we are a playmaking group. My group makes plays. I can fall into that. It's simple sounding. I think that, you know, it's rudimentary, but they did. Bateman made a couple of tough catches. And even after, and, and, and it ties back to Lamar, but it's like, even after the Rams, I believe, scored a touchdown, Lamar Jackson throws a deep pick, underthrows Bateman, who I think it was an underthrown ball. I think it was not a good ball. I think Bateman should have fought harder for it. I think that's duality of two wrongs. And the Rams defender goes in, fingertips it, and makes a pick, and then you know turns that game around. But to respond, to come back, to not let that deflate you, to keep pushing and pressing from behind was as encouraging as you can see. Because what are people going to say? And what is the thought that creeps in your head? Oh, the Ravens have led every game, all game. And sometimes they blow games. Oh, well, can they win from behind? Oh, well, can they, what happens when they're down? Oh, well, what those things can creep in to thought process, mind as a coach, as a player, as all those things. So to expel that and then, expound it like a Hamekamesa Dragon Ball Z to explode out of it the way that they ultimately did time and time again was just <laughs> sex on ice. It was pure football beauty. And man, I, I loved it. Great ass. Taylor, thoughts on this receiving core today. I think it was uh you know it, it's one of those things where like yeah, all the Bateman stuff, you can get caught up in the negativity of it, but he makes a big clutch catch on that that you know winning drive, or I guess not winning drive, but the uh, the go-ahead drive there. Flowers obviously coming through in the clutch. What, what, do you, what is your kind of bird's eye view on them? I think I think Spenny said it pretty well, and I would use the phrase, like I think just the ceiling has been raised on, or the floor has been raised on what wide receivers look like in Baltimore with this group. Um, I just think Lamar Jackson has a little more trust in guys like Odell um, and Zay to throw the ball down the field. Um, I think the Bateman production is just I, I don't want to get in the caught up in the negativity of today of like analyzing whether he made enough effort on a play or something like that. I, I you know, you just never know. I think his lack of production is a little bit concerning in terms of him being a factor moving forward. You just look at him game to game, and I think you would love to see a little bit more production with him, especially with Andrews out and there being some more targets to go around. But I think the Odell ascension is, you know the much the thing that is much more positive to talk about obviously um you know spenny made the comment about his couple adjustments i just think he looks a little bit more like himself we've talked about this over the last three or four weeks and that's huge um and then zay flowers just continues to be fun so i i i, I agree with what spenny said they just seems to be a little more ownership over the fact that it's like all right we're not really playing second fiddle to this running game or second fiddle to mark andrews we're going to be playmakers and and they were um and isaiah likely they are figuring out ways week to week to get him in the ball. Obviously, that was a total defensive breakdown, it seemed like, from the Rams on his touchdown. One thing I will pause you there, Taylor, too. I, yeah. I see a lot of people that were saying, like, Lamar was late to get to likely on that or something, as if, number one, the it didn't end in a touchdown. Yeah. Number, number <laughs> two. There was nobody within a country mile of him. He yeah, who cares how late two, he wasn't late. If you go rewatch that play, 
he wasn't. He could have got it there maybe a millisecond quicker. That was the one thing that drove me bonkers today. The ball got there as quickly as it could have. He looked it off, came back, and fucking hosed it. I don't know what else you want him to do. So don't yeah, go yeah. walking around. If you're watching this podcast, you go walking around like Lamar didn't throw three tutties, have a game game winning, game driving, game, 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 to drive. Go ahead. He hit him when he needed to. So don't. Don't you go walking around. Go watch that play again. I want to so disrupt I, you, Taylor. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, I I think like to finish off the point there just quickly on Zay Flowers, um, someone, you know, another rookie could have gotten in their head over, you know, the two semi drops he had. I mean, they were very much in like unscripted situations where maybe he didn't expect the ball. That's a gig- I mean, the Ravens haven't had a lot of receivers make the play he made on the final drive to, to, to come down with that catch. Um, he is he is ascending um, as a playmaker in the offense, and and it's clear that Lamar Jackson has a ton of trust for him. So that's huge. I mean, I think there was a lot of doom and gloom, and Mark Andrews went out of where this passing game was going to go. And look at what Lamar Jackson did today with the guys around him. I mean, as you said, Spenny, like three tutties, over three hundred yards, like it was all there. He did it all. So and that's that's a lot on the receiving core. Yeah, little feast or famine, I think, for sure. And, you know, definitely relying on the big play. But when you hit on those big plays and they continue to try with them, which I think obviously uh, that can be that can burn you a little bit. You saw the interception. You saw some of the misses late. That second down in overtime where they just fired one to, to Beckham. Uh, and, uh, you know, that really kind of wound up costing them on that drive. You know, it, it's it's tough, but you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And they, connecting on those two long ones, that was huge for that receiving core, and it was huge for Lamar Jackson, who really hasn't hit on many deep shots at all this season. And we've well, wanted that's to see the more thing, of it. or even like last year. I mean, the, the the entire complaint for a while has been, where are the big plays? Where is the, the the throws over the top? Now they're finding them, so it's it's opening up that path. I know it's not like, oh my god, they relied on the big play, but everyone complains when those don't happen. So there they were. Um, I think I, 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 I think it's a, a you know it's never bad to have the ability to make the big play. I, I'll make the biggest captain obvious statement of all time. Yeah, I think Andrews going down. I mean, you don't want that to ever happen. It happened at a decent time for them where they could kind of go, you know, play a couple games and then go into the bye, uh, come out of it. It does feel like they're still kind of building the plane while it's getting off the ground a little bit. But when you're hitting all those deep shots, and that is a credit once again, and I'm going to keep coming back to this of Eric DaCosta finally opening up the checkbook and spending. You mentioned all the hand wringing about the cost for Beckham. Well, you know what? There was a little bit of a tax on a guy like that. And guess what? It's paying fucking dividends that you went out and invested in him. And then the people complaining about drafting tight ends in the fourth round when you already have Andrews. This is what happens. Sometimes guys get hurt. That's huge. And then continuing to just double down on it. Draft of Zay Flowers. You know, Bateman's still in the mix. I know he's had some tough moments, but like I said, clutch catch on that go-ahead drive. It was uh, overall, I think, a very positive day for them. And I think they're going to be able to weather this storm without Andrews just fine. It's not always going to look pretty. But they scored 31 points today, so it's huge. I mean, that, that's absolutely massive. Um, so I guess that's enough on that. I wanted to we'll, – we'll pick some nits with this one, certainly. There, there are th- some things to get into. Spenny, what do we think about the defense today? I think it was an interesting game for them. They got gashed on the ground on that first one, but my favorite, uh, my favorite thing, you know, they bent, but they didn't break. A lot of bending but not breaking today. They also broke a few times. Obviously, they had the uh, – they had the couple touchdowns there. The Demarcus Robinson one was tough. The Cooper Cup one, that's tough to defend. But overall, you know, they, they tightened up when they needed to. Getting that stop in overtime, that got them the win there. And that, that, that was both sides of the ball coming in clutch. But the go-ahead touchdown there, then they held them out of the end zone, which was not a given given the way that that, uh, that last drive in regulation started for the Rams. Then they stopped them in overtime after the Ravens went three and out, and that leads to the win. Overall thoughts on the defense, gentle spin. 
All great points. And what stood out to me immediately, drive one Rams, first time they touched the ball, running the ball, just like the Cardinals did between the B-gaps. I think we're going to continue to see teams like the Rams, like the Cardinals have done, like has happened a couple of times, want to get on the linebackers quickly, have less of a priority. There is, There are plays. There are when you dial up Madden, there's inside zone, there's this, there's that. But you can prioritize certain objectives within a play. Like, don't worry about your double team. Don't worry about your, your B block, your combo. Get to the second level a little quicker. That's something you can't do in Madden. And we're seeing teams try to get on Roquan Smith, get on Patrick Queen. And the Rams did that. I was honestly disgusted that it took the Ravens and Mike McDonald so long to get from, they were running a four-man front. There were four down guys. They were having Kyle Hamilton walk into the box. They were playing a Madden type of 4-3, if you want to oversimplify it. That was allowing the Rams to dictate gaps. There were, when you play that kind of four-man front the way they were and not having guys be aggressive at the snap, it allows the other team to run the ball. That's why you play it. You want seven back more so. So I was screaming in my seat for two drives, play a three-man front, have three defensive linemen, a Michael Pierce, a Travis Jones, a Broderick Washington, a Justin Matabike, a Brent Urban, inside the tackles. Then you have a man on a gap, 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 gapped up. You have outside linebackers. That's the more traditional Ravens defense that we've seen. The Rams drove the entire way down the field on their opening drive. They got into the goal to go. And then the Ravens decided to go into a three-man front. The Rams immediately threw the ball in completion, in completion. I think they got one wedged in there, maybe field goal. So it was like, okay, the Rams are going to whoop your ass if you play four-man fronts. They are going to be able to get on you. They have a little, they have a little idea. That was their little their little nook. And we actually heard Nick Saban talk about this against Georgia. Georgia walks down the field against Alabama, scores a touchdown. And Saban just said, well, shit, boys, we can't play a four-man front. We're not going to, so quit asking. So quit asking. <laughs> and they stopped, and then the Ravens kind of stopped. But um, it did get to a point where it felt like they were running some kind of H cross, Y cross, Naku over the middle, whatever. I thought the Rams did a really nice job. Sean McVay, Jake, you know how I feel about Sean McVay. Sean McVay did a really nice job mixing it up, some of those things, but it felt like McVay boiled Mike McDonald down into what does he not want to do. And what I think Mike McDonald doesn't want to do is what Wink Martindale loved to do. I think he doesn't want to go play man. He doesn't want to put his corners on an island. He doesn't want to blitz out of man. And eventually, Mike McDonald got into blitzing a little bit, got into getting some pressure that way. A lot of the stuff that the Rams got to was not – we talked about this in the preview. It was not Stafford running around buying time – it was Stafford quickly going one-two, high-low, 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 if-then, if-then, and that moved the ball for them. And then the Ravens started to mix in. I think McDonald didn't – I'm 
so many people are, I guarantee, if you go listen to 105.7, they're going to have so many stupid fucking things to say about McDonald. I guarantee they have to find something. I thought McDonald did an incredible job being self-aware, mixing in man, man pressures, robber, and getting to, well, McVay is asking me to do this. Who do the Rams ultimately have? Tutu Atwell goes down. Hey, Cooper Cup's a hell of an athlete. He gets the one catch, the other touchdown. Whatever. He can be their primary target. They have Nakua, who's a nice player. They don't have these studs. They don't have these 4-2 Tyreek Hill. You know, They don't have some tight end that destroys you. So I think the Ravens are like, all right, well, if you want us to, then we will. Sometimes you've got to do what they're asking you to do. And I think that that's what McDonald did so well. Uh, you know, the Rams, Matt Stafford. I thought if I'm doing PFF grades, I mean, I, I watched it in person. I don't have the all 22 yet. If I'm doing PFF grades, I don't know how many times Stafford made a mistake. It might've been six out of like 50 out of like 50. Uh, what did he drop back 39 times? Maybe I've got game book right here. He dropped back at least 40 times. I would guess. Matt Stafford, that's in the second half. I don't know. Terrible radio. But I, I don't think he made many mistakes. I think that's why he had 41 attempts, a couple sacks, uh, probably scramble once, so maybe 45. That's why McVay wanted him instead of golf. Yeah. Like that's why they made that big financial switch and decision because Stafford isn't making mistakes. I don't, pardon me, uh, Marlon Humphrey, I will say. There's one thing I'm going to rip Marlon on. It's late, 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 late in that game. Maybe the Rams' final drive or so. Did have a ball. It didn't touch between his fingers. It didn't touch in this area. It touched a rung above that he should have ripped away and made a fucking play and redeemed himself. Marlon Humphrey should have had an interception. That's the very one, late in, the that one game. in the end zone, right, with uh, Robinson? Yes. That would have ended the game, yeah. It would have ended the game, and that was the play. He got beat on a double move, whatever. So that that drive, that by the way, that was that was Stafford's biggest mistake. Why he yeah. even threw that ball in the end zone was yes, yeah. That drive, just to highlight Shocking. it for Marlin, just to highlight it for Marlin, he falls down. I think it was Nakua on a uh, a seven route to the the left side. Marlin falls down. Nakua makes a nice chunk out of that. Then he kind of gets posterized by Cup, and then the Demarcus Robinson. There was another play where Marlon had his back turned and kind of like <sighs> breathed out, and Naku is just running up behind his back. Yeah, he was like, "Turn around, brother." Yeah, he's a work in progress right now for sure. Um, so they're going to need him to be, be to be better. But uh, I, you know. but I will come back and say, had the ball right there. Robinson did like, a nice job. I don't know, like how if you saw the replay a ton, but Robinson did a really nice job playing defense on that because he had that ball. You're you. It couldn't have been more in the breadbasket. Robinson. That's why he plays defense because he should have taken that ball away. Yeah. Marlon should have taken that ball away. Yeah. And I, I guarantee, and we, our boy Jack, I guarantee Marlon is going to talk about that. Those will haunt your mind. If you're a DB and you have a ball between both of your hands and you don't end up with it, that will haunt you forever. So, Marlon, 
go make that play. Yeah, interesting day overall for the for the crew. I think we had Travis Jones get a sack. Matabike had at least one. I think it might have just been the one. Not a ton of pressure. Roquan Smith uh, was very active, kind of you know running in, into the gaps and making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Had a really Kyle nice Hamilton run. gets a knee injury early yeah. on, and getting then an MRI, kind of getting, in and out. Yeah, so he's getting an MRI, MRI tomorrow, but he was walking around still a good bit. So I, I'm guessing that's going to be a soft tissue, but I guess we'll see. We'll leave that to the real doctors, please everyone. Uh, and then the one arm man, I think he, he made a couple nice plays up in the air. Pause. Uh, the unnecessary roughness. Yeah. On uh, him. Yeah. When he turned his face away, what you teach, I know this for a fact because I'm a member of USAF, USA football, American football federation. What you teach as a coach and as a ref, if you are leading with your head, it means your eyes are down. That's what you penalize. Players are not supposed to put their eyes down. Marcus Williams turned his eyes away from the target, away from the player, and slid his back in like a box out. That's not a preferred technique necessarily because it jeopardizes you to be able to react, but that means that you can't commit a personal foul with your eyes turned away. That was unbelievable, horrible call. I guarantee on TV they were talking about it. That was nuts. Sherry in the comments here, I, that's why I said real doctors. Let's let them make that call. Not pro football doc. That's all I have The to rest say of injuries that. we had, we had Ronnie Stanley rotating in and out at one point. We had McCarry in there. We had Philele. We had Morgan. All four tackles saw time in the first half, which I was at the game. I couldn't quite make sense of that, but it was. It was a platoon, dude. It was, the, uh, it was a fucking hockey shift they had with the tackles going on there today. I'm not totally sure. I, it might be a health thing. I know Stanley didn't take his typical Friday off, so I don't know. Maybe they're messing with combinations. I know Moses has been banged up. Pretty much everyone is at this point. McCary kind of always is, so it, it's just one of those things. But, I mean, keeping it with the defense, Brian, any, any final thoughts on them? I mean, they kind of went through the ringer today. I'll say that. Um, it was good to see the way they bounced back. I mean, after the safety, the the response to that, I think, was a huge one. That was a period of the game where it easily could have gotten away from them. Um, they stepped up with a big stop. And then, the, I mean, the, the, the P.I. on Marlin was a joke, too. Like, that was one yeah. where we got off the field with a real statement, three and out, and they took that away from us, and they responded with three more stops and got the punt anyways. I think that was massive. Um, obviously, didn't love the way they finished the game uh in regulation there but um i don't know like the defense has, has been the hero a lot of times this season and you can only ask him so many times like eventually the offense needs to step up and make a play and the offense did that and special teams did that today so um it's it's nice to have a little bit of variety right and the way that you go out and win as a team so um you know not their best game but uh i i, I i'm not you know, hitting any panic buttons or anything. I mean, the Rams just, they're phenomenal. They're, they're just a well-oiled machine over there. And Stafford, I mean, we've said it a hundred times here. He's impressive as shit. He's just a professional quarterback. Like a lot of quarterbacks that we've sent a lot of different pressures at this year, um, or even just created pressure from the inside, um, have really melted under the pressure. And, and he obviously had all the answers, especially that, I mean, the touchdown to cup is, is example, you know, example number one on that. Yep, absolutely. Um, okay, so I guess we can pick a little bit of nits now. I I kind of want to start with John Harbaugh. This feels like maybe a, a third-tier storyline for me for this one. Um, a lot of talk about bailed out. 
a lot of complaining on Twitter throughout the game. Spending, I don't know how much you were tracking it there, but kind of your typical like John Harbaugh making stupid decisions, and there certainly were some. I think the the one that I want to highlight is the Demarcus Robinson touchdown that he challenges. Yeah, pretty inexplicable, I guess. Like uh, you can't challenge that. I think you know that's pretty one hundred level stuff, but. And I even called this out in the moment, not to pat myself on the back, but like I called it, like they were just trying to call time out there. That's really all that was. They wanted to get themselves lined up correctly for that two-point conversion. They wound up defending it. But overall, like I think some of the John Harbaugh stuff, and we talked about him, Spenny, so we'll start with you before uh, before we get going here. And this the floor that he provides and the foundation and everything, not his best day, but definitely way, I think the, the narrative around him is a little overblown at this point, at least based upon some of the reaction I was seeing today. Somebody behind me, uh, shout out Bruce, said, Bruce, Bruce, John Harbaugh is a good wife. The He was like, anything you need supportive wise, it's there. Anything you need from a partner, it's there. It's clean. It's ready to go. Works hard. Everything you need is there for you. Um, and I appreciated that part. In terms of that particular decision, I will give myself Boku points. I think that was the right decision. And my immediate reaction was, if you challenge it, number one, you can't bring your challenges with you. So we love to use our challenges before it gets into two minute. Number two, that triggers a response to New York, which takes more time. So that's like getting not a 30 second timeout or whatever they decide it is. That is a long timeout. They have to go review it. It has to kick to New York. That has to come back. They have to review the clock, all of those things. So I thought a use of a challenge was a timeout, and I thought that was smart. If we're going to call a timeout, let's make it a challenge. Let's talk. Let's If we need collaboration, let's collaborate there. And I think he did uh, say after the fact that he thought he stepped out before, so it should have been illegal touching, I think was his idea there. But either way, you can't. I, I think that I think that's BS. I think that was why he challenged and you know was able to go trigger the response that took longer. So I think that was smart, but I don't think there was ever any doubt that Demarcus Robinson scored that touchdown. So um, that was in in the heat of things. It's do you spend a timeout at that point? Uh, I think was a decision and. The sometimes you know we love process, but sometimes results speak louder and. The result was that they got a stop after. So that was more important getting a stop probably than a timeout was to them. So uh, I liked that it kicked that whole thing around and back. And it was a weird game in many ways. It was a lot of penalties that were yeah, those not were. on the, not on the Los Angeles Rams. We'll put it that way. What I so, And what I do want to highlight, because that was the one that people were freaking out about and what would have been – I think the smooth brain of the week, if things had gone differently, was right before that, when you're in fourth and inches, and we're going to go to our number one Stern fan down there in the uh, bottom bottom left corner. That was crazy. Why did they not go for that, Brian? I don't have an answer for that. I I, I just don't. I wish they would, but um, it seems like some of that. And we talked about this before the buy. Like I want to, I want them to look themselves in the mirror and figure out some of their processes on how they make decisions in game, uh, fire up the old mad machine, put it on simulate and maybe just run as a GM. I don't know, like figure something out. And in that moment, it looked like, wow, they really have are just still broken on that front. Um, now, I, this is where it's like, was this truly John Harbaugh's intent? 
Was he truly just trying to get a timeout plus? We'll call it a timeout plus, as Spenny kind of described it. You could just create mass confusion. It's like medium rare plus. Nobody, well. nobody knows what medium rare plus is, but you know when you order it and sure. it hits, everyone's like, like timeout oh, man, plus. This guy's this guy's uh, pretty. So classy. I mean, he's mouthing like he stepped out. He stepped out to the referee. Is that him just selling the act? Is that Jason Kidd with the water cup being like, hey, bump into me, bump into me? Like, is he just trying to really sell the idea that he was actually trying to challenge that? Or did he just come up with the best reasoning and the best excuse in the post game as to why he made what initially looked like a boneheaded error? There was, I mean, was let, let's be honest here. There was no possible shot. We've We've never seen him challenge something that was close to that, like, yeah, that, that was that. That was clearly a touchdown, and yeah. additionally, it was automatically reviewed, so it doesn't make sense to challenge because it's automatically reviewed. But it does by challenging by throwing the red flag. I think that triggers more. He's had and he's had galaxy brain with, things with the Brian. Give it to me, Brian. Give it to me, Brian. Give it to me. Yeah, go. That was a launch. Well, let's just put that. It was out. a yeah, launch. He, it was a launch. I mean, that was like that. That was he sent he that one into, into past orbit. the numbers. That yeah. was past yeah. the numbers. So, but I feel like that's part of it too. It's like I'm gonna. What's <sighs> What's crazy about that to me is why Why are the refs not just speaking of processes, not processing that it's already been reviewed? Why is it triggering anything in New York? Like that makes absolutely. The NFL probably should figure that out, dude. It was so that. funny, by the way. Like, just to, here's your flag, buddy. To stay on the fr- to stay on the throw, Spenny. Like it, you weren't watching on TV. It was so funny because they had the zoomed out like end zone, the typical end zone view, and you just see a flat a red flag just coming from the bottom of the screen. You don't see Harbaugh. You see the flag fly in, and it just like slowly arcs its way. It down. also confused the hell out of the Fox production people because there was seeming they signaled a flag on the play which came up on the graphic and then it said Demarcus Robinson touchdown as they were like lining up for the two point right before the thing got launched. Yeah. Did they pick that up? Did they call it? So bizarre. Was there a penalty on that or did they pick it up or what? I never got an explanation on that. What'd you think of your guy? No explanation. Your guy moves today and he takes on the uh, other team. Um, it's, it's fine. Joe Davis is very good at baseball. I think he's like not as good at football. I think he's good though. Um, I think Moose is fine. I mean, I like Moose, Moose is fine. I I like mean, it's a fine NFL Sunday broadcasting crew. I have no issue. I love issue to hear that. In my opinion, as not hearing it, I assume it was actually like, to me, after hearing your opinion, Taylor, I was like, oh, I probably would have enjoyed that a lot then. Yeah. If you said it was fine, that means I probably would I thought have it was fine. Everyone, everyone was, uh, you know. The standards some, are so high. I mean. Some conjecture about that they were all over the Rams, but I mean, that just happens every single time. I, I don't really know. The Rams are also a flashy thing. little recent Super Bowl winner and whatever. Yeah, everybody loves McVay. I mean, I, I sort of get it. Um, Spenny loves McVay. I, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I thought, uh, to, to answer your question, Jake, I thought it was a, a very fine, except for Pam Oliver. What who, was it? <laughs> Who, was, they brought her to a report about Kyle Hamilton. The team had announced yeah. that he was out 20 minutes before her report where she said it looked like he was probably out, which is confusing to me because you would have assumed she would have gotten from PR that he was out. She I, or their team also – it might have really been that – she that. or their team might have they, – they, it might have been that or something else. She was just totally unprepared for one point. They, brought, they went to her and she was like, well – I think she was getting the information – as she was talking, I think, she yeah, kind of hear someone say it to her as she was talking. She was the trying second to, like, one was more, she was trying on to, Twitter, the Ravens tweeted, Kyle Hamilton's out. Yeah, she was and trying to like filibuster. She was like, Well, I waiting to hear, and she, it was, yeah, yeah that bizarre. was in, it, weird. That was weird. And she's, I mean, she does a great job, it's been around forever, but both of those were, were very the two most bizarre parts of the broadcast for me. 
Where do you where do you come down on this this John Harbaugh stuff? I feel like we haven't gotten much many John Harbaugh takes out of you this year. For me, yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with I'll take him by his word on the on the challenge. I'm fine with that if that's if that's what he says. I'll, I'll take him at an honorable Catholic John Harbaugh's word there. Um, a man of the hall, Spenny, you're three, you're outnumbered three to one, and really four to one. There. <laughs> I think that ultimately, I mean, this is going to be the most simpleton take of all time. So come at me if that's if you're if you want a more expansive take. We're ten and three, and he has two of the best units in the league. I don't really know what else you want. I mean, yes, are there some game managing things that are weird? But if you watch the NFL week to week, every coach does something weird in game management, if not worse normally than what John Harbaugh does. That, and that so, finger Jake's point up there is mighty strong. By the way, the body language stuff that we've talked about, he might have fully redeemed himself today with that camera zooming in on him yes, after the win. Yes, yes. I mean, yes. that's, that's did, he, did he just kind of like, Boom. It, oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. When he's, yeah, he's just yelling into the camera, they got the slow-mo of it. That was one of my favorite shots of the year. And I will – the only thing I'll say about – so that's cry my overall from, John Harbaugh take is at this point in this season, the Ravens are one of the best teams in football, and, you know, you, you look around the league and, like, you watch the Bills and the Chiefs, and there's nothing about the Chiefs that makes you think that they're tremendously better coached than the Ravens are right now. Mr. Are Mahomes, the Ravens the second team to 10 wins? I think yes. so, yeah. Eagles, yeah, other one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. and you talk about the Bills. I and mean, the only, I just want to talk about the punt real quick, or the, excuse me, the the non-go for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter. I didn't have a huge problem with that. I get that, like, you would love for them to go just win the game there. But leading into that, let me bring it up. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's talk about bad radio. No, in the second half. Taylor, Taylor second I can't half. express how badly I want this. I'm so three, excited. For you three plays. Up. Here's the Rams drive. Three plays, four yards, punt. Five plays, 18 yards, punt. Six plays, 28 yards, punt. Three plays, two yards, punt. Yeah. Before they the Ravens punt. The six, the six play jail. one was was actually two three and outs and one, though. Yeah. It's true. So yeah. It's six and like, out. Six and out. To your point. I don't, making, you know, making them drive down, giving it back in the hands of your defense that had clearly found in the second half didn't totally bother me as opposed to giving them the ball in a great spot if you don't make it on fourth and one, and they have the ability to kick the field goal to, to, to go ahead. Stouts, right. had, Stouts had a great season, too. So I, I get that. I mean, they, they play the field position game very so, well. you know. So. But it's, I would have had no problem if they'd gone for it as well, but I also didn't have a problem with the punt. It segues it to was, me. It segues well to me for another conversation that I want to have, another nitpick, and really maybe even more than a nitpick. This, these run pass splits, I don't have them in front of me, but it feels very pass-heavy with Todd Monken. Spenny, what do you got on that? I think that the Ravens do a nice job. I don't think it's as much Munkin. I, I believe there are run calls for every play very thoroughly not always i think there might be run calls where there aren't a pass play a lot more which is just commonplace motion numbers things you want to call a run play for a reason but i think the ravens did a nice job recognizing that the rams were walking at 1.67 guys up like we've talked about a thousand times walking seven guys up to the line of scrimmage blitzing trying to get pressure I, th- I I couldn't quite see all the way live. That's one area where you always fall short. Lamar Jackson had some pretty clean pockets, especially considering there were so many guys walked up. I think Munkin did a nice job spreading the living F out of the field. There were two by twos. There were three by ones where it was wide. And I don't think it worked at first, but I think it made the Rams respect the width of the field, which is something that, you might get angry at the result 
of an individual play and you'll say, oh, I wish they would have done this. I wish they would have done that. But it triggers a respect of width. Or if you bunch everything in and you run downhill, it's like, uh-oh, they almost broke that one. Kyron Williams. Rams went in super tight. Their splits, at one point I saw heels were behind each other, almost like a special teams play late in that game. Kyron Williams almost busts a long one. Geno Stone, I think, taps his heels out. But I think they did a nice job going wide, condensing a lot of variable width of the field. Um, the run got away from them. There was a point where they, the, the Ravens, I mean, defense was on the field. It goes uh, Lamar Jackson, touchdown to Odell Beckham. The Rams get the ball back. They have three plays. There's a defensive offsides on the punt, which gives them a first down. They go score a touchdown. The Ravens then get a false start on first and 10. It's first and 15. Lamar Jackson throws an interception, and immediately the Rams have the ball back. So there was a stretch from, I think, 7.20 left in the game when that penalty occurred uh, that in the second quarter that the, the Ravens don't get the ball back until – a minute 45 left. So whatever you want to talk about scheme wise, human beings get tired when they have to run and hit and push and throw. So I think that Munkin did a nice job making sure that Lamar had enough options. If you call a wide pass play, he can check into something if need be. So those are the layers that we're looking to expand on. I'll always defer to Peyton Manning's comments recently. Offensive coordinators to franchise quarterbacks are professional recommenders. They make a recommendation on what you should do. If you've had five plus years, you make a lot more money than they do. You know what you're capable of. At the end of the day, it's in your hands to make sure that you check in or out or protection into the right thing. And I just don't want to, leave this podcast episode as I'll pass it off without saying how badass Lamar Jackson was today without saying, I, I think that, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, but broke tackles made plays with his legs, hit guys downfield and then threw a memorable third and 17 nuke laser beam to Zay flowers Freaking laser beams, freaking sharks. That freaking sharks are freaking laser beams shooting out of their freaking That head. touchdown was badass. If you go back and just watch it again, just go watch the highlight. That football looks big, and it is moving so fast and so confidently out of his hand. It was like a Felix Bautista freaking sinker with a 2-2 count knowing you're going to strike that mofo out. It was sick to watch in person. It was sick even better to watch on video. That was what I've enjoyed watching more. So don't walk away from this game without giving Lamar Jackson his flowers after throwing that freaking strike to Zay Flowers. To his flowers. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That, that's got to be the takeaway, just like Tylen Wallace. And we can, you know, we can kind of, you know, wrap things up here. But Jake, real quick, you, you're always the one setting the table. So I'm going to use this comment to set the table yes, for you. Please. What's your thoughts on this question? Yeah, I mean, it just seems to me like, and, I've long, the listeners Keaton Mitchell versus Gus Edwards for I've, the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've long thought this way that it Gus Edwards is like the perfect closer, and they've used him that way in certain spots the last couple of years perfectly. Like in that Pittsburgh game where 
Jackson is hurt. Tyler Huntley gets hurt. Anthony Brown comes in. They just leaned on Gus Edwards and they rode him into the ground. And they kind of did that in the Chargers game this year. They've done that in other games. I just want to see them get active in the run game. And they've got the perfect guy for it now in Mitchell to carry you through quarters, let's say two through three. You don't have to lean on him early, but get get him going and then ride his ride his leg. I mean, like he is looking like a professional running back. Spenny, we had some concerns about his abilities to run through the tackle. Those are totally eviscerated for me. This guy is good. And like let, let's he had it. he had one early in that game where he just shot through the smallest little gap and got a first down. He's a complete running back, a hundred percent. You're you're totally right. And if you have some qualms about, you know, his lack of experience, I totally get that. And you, you don't want to ride him into the ground. You want to keep those fresh legs, but Eventually, you got to get to a point where you start doing that. And I was getting a little frustrated with the pass run splits today. I even tweeted on that go-ahead drive, and I, I wound up with some egg on my face. Todd, what are you doing? It's a four-minute offense right now. Let's kill some of this clock so their offense isn't going to have a chance. Pass, 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 pass. And to Lamar Jackson's credit. Todd, 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 Todd. Talk about Lamar Jackson, K coming out of Louisville. Great arm, tremendous athleticism. Um, but yeah, it was just I was just getting a little frustrated because it's like, man, we got to have a little bit more situational awareness here to burn some of this clock. And overall, like I said, I ate some crow because they turned it into a touchdown. But I just want to see a little bit more. Give me some Keaton Mitchell quarters two through three. Lamar Jackson, run it a little bit more. I want to see a little bit more of that. He wasn't doing that enough early. He felt a little tentative in that regard. Let's start to cut it loose. And then let's lean on Gus in that fourth quarter because he's got some fresh legs now. And he looks good to me as well when he does uh, when he does get action. But it just feels like there's some underuse. Can you repeat that for me? I want you to say it's slow. What do we what do we like around here? Gus has some what? Some fresh legs. He has some fresh legs. You like leg. fresh legs, baby. We I do. like fresh legs. I do like fresh legs. I mean, this is going all the way back to 2020 with J.K. Dobbins, people freaking out about them not using him in the first quarter of that season. Fresh legs. You want to keep him fresh, and then what did they do? They rode J.K. Dobbins into the ground to the playoffs that year in 2020. Let's do that. Let's use those fresh legs. You've got some with Gus. You've got some with Mitchell. You've got some with Jackson, arguably. He hasn't run as much as he has in years prior. Let's start to do a little bit more of that. I want to see some of that in Jacksonville next week. I've just left that you all turns, stunned. That, that, like, that, that, that turns that, me on. You just left us all speechless. My, my takes I mean, I'm just, just thinking about fresh legs. Yeah, exactly. They, these legs are just so fresh and just oiled up. By the up way, I, I would like to say that I did hear, I saw a video of a new way to crack Maryland crabs. This is dead serious. And it blew my mind. You take the crab, you split it in half down the center, like the middle line. Yeah. Split the body. Yeah. And then you take the knuckles and you just gently pop them. If you just you don't break it away, but if you just crack it a little bit, you get that meat it coming the out. Legs. Yeah, it leaves the legs. So there is a new way for all our Marylanders, all our crab folks, all our our Exit Fifty Two brethren. I'm gonna I'll, I'll try and post it on Twitter or something. There's a new way because we love fresh legs and we want some fresh legs. And Jake. We got. I think we have fresh legs to that's look what, forward to. That's what I'm saying. They've been. They, they've got the. They've got the horses right now. The horses have been just trotting around out in the uh, out in the gantry there, out in the corral. They're ready to rock. Ooh, They're ready to go. Gantry. Out to, gantry is a word you've never used in this podcast. Yeah, warming up in the back. The horses have been. Yeah, they're ready to go out to the to. They're ready to go out to stud. They've got the horses in the back. Let's let them out and let's let them run wild. Let's go crazy horse. Let's go Assateague Island. Just fucking you know. Running out, running out through the wilderness. Brian, I know you're a run the ball guy. Back me up here. I'm a what? Oh, run the ball guy? Yeah. yeah. Shove. Dude, let's just get back to shoving. Yeah. Nothing like a good Gus Edwards shove. 
It just wasn't contextually in the football game as much this week as it has been other weeks. But. This was a, you know this what I think, a quarterback duel. You know this what? I, exactly. That's that's what, yes, that's, it what, was. that's what happened. It was a quarterback duel. That's what happened. Stafford started. They ran it actually a little bit early, but then Stafford started to sling it around, and it's like fighting with Dark Link. You know, it's like he starts doing everything, and then you want to copy all of his moves, <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, I got I got to use fire. Like, what am I doing here? So yeah, it's just like I think he. Yeah, a little bit of an invasion of the body snatchers there a little bit, but I don't know. And it worked out well today, like I said, so I'm totally fine. And the fact that they can throw the ball in clutch situations, we've wanted that, and we saw it today, and you're going to need to do more of that going forward. But, yeah, sprinkle a little bit of those fresh legs in there. You got them now. Use them. That's why that third and 17 was so sick, because it felt like it was like – felt like the Rams almost had the Ravens a couple times in those make them throw it, make them throw it situations, make them throw it. And then he just ripped them, ripped the jugular right out, and then did it again at the in overtime. Well, who knows what would happen if that punt return didn't happen? He really got bailed out there because then he would have had to throw. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. That's such a God. That's such a that. That's how we should end it. That's such a good take. Yep. God, that's a good take, Jake. That's why. That's why you get the big bucks. Exactly. I mean, that is. Without Tylen Wallace, does Lamar Jackson win the game? No. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm, just a true statement. That's that. That is that is sipping the haterade, uh, and I gotta respect it. All right, I guess we're all taked out here. We're running over an hour, Spenny. I know you got. I'll know. give my. I'll give my one. I'll give my one last take, and then you guys, because it's a broadcast take, so I'll just get it out before you guys actually talk about football. Do it. Yeah. Joe Davis's call on the last play was very, very good. That's the only one other thing I wanted to say. What did you like about it? Just kind of like breaks away, like the rising action. Feet. You know, he called it. He captured it. Yeah. Well. And I love uh, there's no flags and then just lay out. Yeah. I love that. I love yep. that. Just hit a no flags layout. Thank you, Joe. A very good, Nan- good big moment caller. He's a good big moment caller. A very, very Nance-esque flourish of him there. Just the no flag and just let it ride. Very good. Let it ride. You got to lay out in that spot. It's yep. good announcing. Hey, if you're listening to this right now, there's 125 of you. Go click like. Go click subscribe. I am wasted and barely got that out of my mouth. Go click those buttons help us out we love you guys we hope that you love us too help the boys bring you the best content by subscribing by liking sharing this podcast with a friend we appreciate you we would love if you appreciated us so we can keep having fun brian's hat i also don't want to get out of here without saying oh my fucking god did you see brian's hat dirty filthy sick that looks great well i got news for you boys oh boy I got hats for the whole gang. Man, I gotta, I gotta make the a whole squad. I gotta make trip down yeah. to your, your your threes neck of the woods and collect on some stuff. Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got a lot of, a lot of backlog piling up there in Spenny's house and now your house. Mm. Let's go to Delia's this like Thursday or Friday, Jake. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I'd love to. I'd love to, uh, love to come out and hang out with the, uh, the city boys. It's the city boy winter. Fellowship of the wings. Oh yeah. Okay. Is that all we got? We all done? That's all um, we got. Shout out to shout out to uh, Eric who's not on the show but was at the tailgate today. Yeah. And seemingly yeah. made his dreams come true with DJ Pauly D. Unbelievable scenes we got out of him. Gave, so. it, gave Alex, his brother, the uh, the jersey right off his back. Jersey, which was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, cool. very cool. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jimmy Seafood, as always. A great presenting sponsor of ours. Uh, put on a great show today out at the tailgoat as Spenny is just probably going to hurl right now. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, great, great to do that right in the middle of the ad, right? But, yeah. Jimmy's, as always, does a fantastic job with the tailgoats. I think that might have been their last one of the year. But, you know, it's always a good time. So, uh, stay tuned to what they got going on. Uh, shout out, as always, to Black Eyed Susan Spices. Shout out, of course, to Fed Thrill. Shout out to everyone that's got stuff going on with us. Smooth AF products, whatever else it might be. Uh, we thank you all for your support. We thank you listeners for your unending support as well. Like Spenny said, 
go ahead, shoot us a little, uh, little subscribe, a little uh, comment there in the uh, in the comment section. Get the algorithm pumping. Get these things going out. Tell a friend. Word of mouth is great as well. Follow us on social media. You can find me at Jake Luke. That is L O U Q U E. Brian is at Parcel Banks. Taylor at Taylor Smythe Ten. Spenny's at Ravens Four Dummies. That is the number four in the middle. Eric at E D I T T I Twenty Two. And we're Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So check all that out. We'll be back in a couple days with the Jumbo set. I'm sure we're going to have some more stuff uh, to talk about beyond that as well. A lot of stuff going with the Orioles right now. We have did a nice little breakdown on this potential sale uh, that could hopefully be in the works uh, from John Angelos to one David Rubenstein. There's a a full deep dive podcast you can go back and listen to if you have any interest in that. Uh, And yeah, like Spenny said, content is just humming right now as we approach the... uh, the Christmas season for all who celebrate. So here was a first, uh, first good early gift here on the first day of Christmas. Tylen Wallace gave to me a walk-off punt return touchdown. Thanks as always, guys. Ravens are 10-3. and three. Times are good. And we will talk to you again very soon. See ya. Arrivederci.